The Bite Goes On is up next, but first, check out this other great show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Destination Eat Drink. I'm Brent Peterson, host of Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast for foodies. This week, we're in Mumbai, India for spices, curry, and Bollywood dancing. Download Destination Eat Drink today on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hi, welcome to The Bike Goes On. Hey, Sandra Bernstein. How's it going this week? Very good, Brian. How are you today? <laughs> Doing good. It's a little weird around here. Yeah, a little bit of a cold. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. No, that's okay. It's not your fault, actually. Yeah, you, yeah, you sound a little deep. A little deep. Do I sound sexy or do I sound yeah. like I'm sick? You sound like Kathleen Turner if she had a cold. Oh, thank you. I think that's okay. <laughs> I think that's okay. Wow. I'm not sure. How that See how it sounds, How what I think it, when I listen to this. Right. But anyway, I'm really excited today. Um... We have Missy Laley in the house from Be Well Farms. Farm or farms? Farm. Uh, we say farms because You're... it's at multiple locations, kind of spread out a little bit. <laughs> okay, I like it. No, that's true. I searched um, Be Well Farm and then it said, did you mean Be Well Farms? Uh-huh. Oh, God. Google is Everyone so Everyone calls it Be Well Farm anyway. Yeah, right. Be Well Farms. What do you mean you have multiple locations? Because I just know of where the pumpkin patch is. Yes. So that's what we consider kind of our main hub. Um, that's where we keep our cattle um, and our, our bigger of the gardens are. Um, we also garden at some family land in Shellville. Um, we have about, I would say a half acre out there. And then next door to the main farm on the Atwood ranch, we have a little garden plot as well, another half acre. And then we have, um, we help out at a couple other gardens as well at, um, Beltane Ranch and oh. at Hamill Winery as well. Oh so my God, that's of, awesome. Yeah, we're not selling produce from each one, but um, you know, produce from at least three of them are going into the mix of things we sell. So that's God, excellent. wherever you see a patch of dirt, you're just planting something, <laughs> uh-huh. huh? That's the goal. The more small little gardens, the better. I feel like is that is that true? I mean, well, is it doable? It's very um, actually well. I should say the more small farms, the better. Maybe not me and my husband being the one to operate all okay, of them at the same okay. time would be <laughs> the real uh, goal. But, um, but yeah, we definitely jump on opportunities when they come about. And, um, you know, we've been fortunate to have these little plots that we're able to farm to kind of help us get going. So... <laughs> Very cool. How, so, I mean, this is, I'm sure people ask you this, but like, okay, let's start with how did, did you, were you a farmer before you met Austin or after you met Austin? Um, after we met. Okay. And same and with him. He didn't have a farming he background wasn't a farmer either. either. No. Okay. Okay. Wow. So where did you guys meet? Uh, we are both going to college at Chico State. Okay. And we are both studying recreation administration. Um, Wait, what is what? that? <laughs> it's like the best major ever. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's um, there's a lot of different options you could do within that major, anywhere from parks management to resort and lodging management to therapeutic recreation. 
Um, and the path we chose under that major was called special events and tourism. Okay. Interesting. And, yeah. So we had some classes together while we were going through that program and did you know each other before school? No, we no. met in class. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Just sat next to each other one, one semester in one class and just kind of hit it off. And that was it. I love it. Where are you originally from? Um, I'm from Groveland up near Yosemite. Okay. All right. Small town in the hills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How did you get to Chico? Um, well, initially, such a good school. I went, I was going to Sonora High School, getting ready to graduate, kind of deciding where I wanted to go to college. Um, and at the time, I thought I wanted to pursue interior design. And so I actually was looking up schools that have really good interior design programs and came across West Valley College, which is a junior college in Saratoga. Um, and I ended up starting out going there um, for my first two years and doing my GE and starting to take classes with the, in the interior design program. And I decided after a couple year, two years, I was like, maybe this isn't kind of exactly what I thought it was. Um, wait, and, wait, 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 why? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, and it might not have continued on to be this way, but I'm more into the, the decorating kind of side of it. And right. um, a lot of the stuff that we were learning and doing was like, more conceptual and designing like building models and out of like building things out of this foam board stuff that you'd be up all hours of the evening <laughs> making these huge models of stuff and I was just like this isn't really that sounds what more I like thought. architecture it totally that's exactly what I was thinking I okay. was like how is this interior design right right um, huh. and like meanings and feelings of spaces and stuff and I was like like okay like I get that but I definitely am more into the decorating part so right. so, <laughs> so almost I, like fidm like fashion institute of design and merchandise like in san francisco might even be like more yeah your speed like what you were looking for so something so like then that. you just bail you're it's like two years in well i yeah i finished my um ge and i decided i still want to go for a bachelor's degree in something and i was like and you know you don't really know things until you start trying them and you see how it goes and so i was like okay, I, I could still, you know, finish out my last two years doing something different. So um, then I was like, well, what else would I want to do? <laughs> and <laughs> I grew up um, recreating a whole bunch, being, you know, from near Yosemite, we got to play outside all the time, doing everything, everything you could think of in the recreation realm. And so I was like, I found the major at Chico that was recreation administration, and I thought that that could be fun and something that I naturally gravitate towards. And so I, I just decided wow. to change up and go to Chico. Um, and that worked out really well. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and how old were you when you went to Chico? Um, well, I was 18 when I started West Valley, so 20. Oh, 20. So not quite able I, to go uh, down to the bars and uh, um, enjoy that part of the Chico <laughs> lifestyle. No, not my first year there. Right. No. Uh -huh, but when sure. I turned 21. Yeah. Uh, fake ID, probably. <laughs> when I turned 21, I definitely got to play a little bit. So. Yeah. And, well, I, I farming is recreational for some people. Mm -hmm. Not for people trying to make a living, but people that look at it as recreation absolutely and yeah. there's definitely that um like a therapeutic side to it too like y you know 
I can't tell you how many times I've been out there just like hula hoeing or weeding and hula, I just whoa 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 hula hoeing <laughs> it's just a, a she hoes while she's doing the hula hoop she hoes while she's hula hooping <laughs> yeah hula hoeing it's a very hippie yeah, way of, wow. of gardening it's a very strategic way to get your garden clean okay. <laughs> uh-huh. in circles <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah there's there's like a kind of a zenness that happens when you're just in in the weeds. I guess. Yeah, that's awesome though. Yeah, yeah. That's so. what Maria says. Maria comes home and water. She overwaters our garden, which has been ripped out now. But yeah, because know. it was a zen thing for her to go out in the garden after work and, yeah. and just water. Yeah. And I yeah. have to tell her, okay, no more water for those tomatoes. Yeah. You should put like, like a filter a break. in the hose or something that only lets out a certain amount. Super fine Slow. mist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. In the classes, like, did you graduate and then said, oh, let's be farmers? Or somehow why you were doing it, like farming kept popping up? Well, so I had had this kind of this feeling and desire always in the back of my head that someday I want to have my own little organic farm stand and my own little homestead and do that. I never thought it would fall into my life that early. I thought this was something way down the road when I retire, you know, that I could just do as a hobby. Um, but, and actually one of my classes, we had to make a business plan and I, my whole business plan was, um, Missy's organic farm stand. (laughs) So it just started with this small little idea. Um, but more of just, like I said, a down-the-road kind of idea. Um, and then Austin and I, when we, one of the things that we really enjoyed about each other when we were meeting was we were both really into health and um, eating good, real food and exercising and just this whole like lifestyle. Um, and so we both kind of had this intention to grow our own food and just continue on this like healthy path. And so that having his kind of desire kind of to grow food and stuff too really helped. And then I would say the universe just sent us a lot of opportunities that uh, kind of aided us in starting this this far-fetched dream, you know, to become a reality. So... Um, and did you guys graduate at the same time? We did, yeah, which okay. was 2012. And now where is he from originally? He's from here in Sonoma. Okay, so then that made sense to sort of move down Yeah, here. we definitely wanted to stay by family. Um, yeah. It was like two weeks before graduation, and I was kind of starting to like freak out. Like I didn't know what my plan was going to be. Wow. And Are you working at the time, like a side, you know, a job just to pay the bills? Yeah, or? yeah, I've definitely always had jobs (laughs) and what were you doing um pretty like you know normal stuff i was a server in a restaurant what Um, restaurant well i well i worked at the elephant bar and grill and then i was a uh what do they call a receptionist at a hotel which was the oxford suites in Mm -hmm. chico Mm -hmm. and then i actually did an internship in Lake Tahoe at the Hyatt as the recreation supervisor. And then, huh. and then when I moved down here, my very first job was at Sonoma market and I worked in the juice bar, um, juicing. Uh-huh. And that kind of kicked off our, our, uh, 
composting, I guess, because I would haul, people must have thought I was crazy on my breaks. I'd haul out all the the juice, juicing like waste yeah. and yeah. just go home and compost it. That's but it was awesome. Like, it was yeah, like it hundreds awesome. of pounds like a day that I would just be like, just hauling out to my little they, Toyota Corolla. At that time, <laughs> they had no program for that. For Mm-mm. they didn't have anything, and right. all the food scraps from the produce department I would take home. Yeah. Well, some of them were going to feed like horses and stuff, but whatever extra I would right. do. So, right. wow. so that kind of kicked kicked off the composting thing, uh-huh. and then that kind of spiraled um, into farming more. <laughs> and w- how did you guys find your first place to actually put seeds in the ground? So. Um, it was all kind of by chance. So we were talking about moving out to Sonoma. Um, and my husband's good friends with the Gordanker family. And they yeah. had the, the turkey, old ranch. turkey ranch in Glen Ellen. And that's actually my good friend Phillip's box trombetta's cousins. Okay. Or aunt is part of the Gordanker. Awesome. Yeah. I think they grow grapes too, right? They do have, yeah, yeah. like six or seven acres of Cabernet yeah, yeah. Sauvignon yeah. out there. So. I think I've had some of their wine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of by chance. Austin was talking on the phone with Michelle, who's um, the daughter of the people who own the property, and they she was mentioning that they had um, a little, like, studio that had just opened up, oh. and... They said if we wanted to clean it out and make it livable, then we can have our first month rent-free. Wow, and, and did it have in. a bathroom? It had a bathroom that it, uh, it, so this isn't a barn, by the way. It was very rustic. raw, very <laughs> rustic. Um, the horse trough was a shower and oh. it was literally a pipe coming out of the wall. Uh-huh. <laughs> awesome. But, but there was plumbing. So. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we just got to work and painted it, cleaned it all up and moved in and, um, so that was, yeah, that was how we ended up out there. It was just a phone call, a random conversation with an old friend. But was it also like random conversation and then we're going to live here, but we're also want to farm the land? So that kind of came up like after we had moved in um, and just being there for a little, like, you know, half a year or so and just scoping out where we could garden and then bringing up... Um, to Michelle and her her parents um, that we were interested in, you know, doing a garden and starting a little farm out there. And they were really supportive, very oh, supportive of great. that. Um, Sylvia, Michelle's mom, she... Sylvia Bertrand. Bernard. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Bernard. Yeah, see, it is. It's the same family. I knew yeah. it. So they were very supportive, and they actually offered um, to send us to... Uh, the Santa Rosa Junior College has like a agricultural entrepreneurship program and Uh they were like hey Uh why don't we go ahead and pay for you guys to go do this course so you can have like a plan going into starting this farm and so we were we jumped at that opportunity right away jc yeah okay yeah we definitely jumped at that opportunity because we didn't really know how or where to start or anything so we got in that program and made a business plan and it was pretty cool because in that class it was like shark tank so at the end you Uh had to like pitch your business plan to a whole panel of like these big wigs in the ag industry like (laughs) out in this area so and bankers and stuff um and we got a lot of good feedback on it what a great program yeah yeah yeah, was it a one year it was um well 
It was uh, an accelerated course, actually, okay. that was like a summer. I think it was um, like three months long. So uh-huh. it was very, very intense. Yes, <laughs> but, yeah. no, uh, that's great. But that's it was good great. because it definitely made us focus on it. So. Yeah. And during that, so it convinced you even further that you wanted to do that? Yeah, at that point, we were pretty much like heart set on that we were going to make this happen. Um, we were both still working other jobs. What I was, was Austin doing? Uh, he was working with um, a company in Kenwood called Fine Point Marketing, okay. and they market for the electrical engineering industry. Oh, that sounds really exciting. Yeah, and so actually part of our event planning uh, education came in in that role because we were both invited to go out with the owners and they were doing a big conference in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, out of state conference. Uh-huh. And we got to help facilitate all that. So that was pretty okay. random and yeah. cool. <laughs> uh-huh. And then um, shortly after that, they decided to dissolve Fine Point because they're, they're ready to retire. Uh-huh. And so Austin got a job working at Benzinger Winery. Okay. And um, what was he doing? He started off um, in hospitality, mm-hmm. um, so he was working with the events, and he worked in the tasting room, and he was a tour guide, and then... Did he ride the tram? He he did, and yeah, eventually got promoted to um, being the sustainability manager and viticulturalist, Excellent. and then his final role there was ranch manager, and that was for both... Benzinger and their sister winery imagery. And while the Benzinger still owned it, or while after the Benzingers they sold? owned it, and then about a year ish after they sold. Okay. So. so during that time, we were farming imagery. Oh yeah, Did you know? I, yeah. yeah. So when he was first yeah. starting there, that's yeah, he exactly. Mentioned that. <laughs> and um, wow, I have so many notes on all these other. Pages. Can I take a picture of your hands? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. They're like clean right now. <laughs> no, I know. No, no, no. The other side. I want to see because this is. So this oh, is what. No, people need to see this. This is what the hands of someone who works in dirt looks yeah. like. I take pictures of my you friends who are winemakers during harvest because it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, no, because you're not. You don't have nail polish on. You're not out there with nail polish and a manicure. You're you actually digging around in dirt. Well, my mom came into town and forced me to get a manicure with her. So uh-huh. there's a, a color you can barely see on here, but you can tell it's all scratched off. Right. Because that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> I love our new poster. It's oh, yeah. so awesome. Well, yeah. you can go to our um, Instagram uh, at Bike Talk and we'll, we'll show you a picture of our yeah. new backdrop Missy for the, uh, the, for the studio. Poster. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's, that's pretty wild. Not about the hands, but just about the start. And mm-hmm. then in business, didn't they tell you that farming wasn't sustainable and you guys were, it was going to be really hard to make a living? Never took a business class, um, but everybody always has told <laughs> us that, and our families were definitely very confused when we told them that we wanted to be farmers. Um, and well, did that been, mean that Austin had to leave his job? Well, actually, we both were juggling other huh. jobs while we were starting up the farm. Um, I had gotten another job in a tasting room out in Kenwood at NakedWines.com while well, they okay. had a tasting room, right? right. <laughs> and then. Um, 
and he was you know growing with Benzinger and we were just doing the farm literally mornings nights weekends every like hour we weren't at our jobs right Um, and was it called be well the whole time yeah okay yeah okay so I love the pun on that (laughs) you know I thought that was clever yeah yeah Yeah. when did you have bees initially on the farm um so the bees uh, we're learning everything as we go and I would say the bees have been one of my most challenging work in progresses but I still have I have a hive out there right now and one hive on the Atwood Ranch where we're farming as well. And then um, we've had a couple issues happen with the bees in the past. Um, One, we lost a couple hives in the fire. Anyways, it takes a long time to get them going really well. Um, And we're not quite producing honey yet, but we're we're still working on it. And we're still trying to you know, grow in that area. Well, we know some, we actually know a lot of people that are into bees. If you guys, if you ever need any advice or assistance, um, we can guide you. Because bee people are so generous, I (laughs) think. They really want people to learn. Uh I know it's, there's so much to learn too. It's like a whole nother language. Seriously. I know people sometimes think that you just get the hives and you you put it outside and everything just kind of does its own thing, but it's not The first time I got bees, I invested in all this equipment and the whole hive that was a productive colony. And within a month of me having them, they were all gone. They just left. They were just gone one day. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Heartbreak. Seriously. Yeah. So we should, yeah, we should introduce you to Nick. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be good because he's like off. Yeah. Well, he even does little like seminars and stuff, right? Where they, beekeepers will get together and meet. Mm-hmm. I know they do this in Sebastopol, yeah. but in mm-hmm. general in Sonoma County, and they'll just sort of meet once a month and have, you know, just talk and talk yeah. about Be challenges tough. that they're having. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, then cattle. Did you have cattle on the land initially, too? Yeah. So we we started, I think we got our first cows in 2013, uh, late in the year. So going into 2014. And we started with just three cows, beef cows. And our intention was to do grass-fed, grass-finished beef and start the whole program with that. Um, But people we're on a wait list for beef and it kept getting bigger and bigger and we can't grow that fast. And so we decided let's change the program, do a cow calf operation and grow our herd. And like later down the road, you know, we'll see if we want to do the beef or not. But since then we're up to 25 cows. Wow. We had 30, but we sold some steers. Um, and we actually, we think we might stick with the breeding instead of the beef program because I don't know. I just, I really enjoy that part of it more. <laughs> so. Well, and yeah, you have them while they're alive. You're yeah. Not, yeah. You know, and we, it. and we sell, um, steers live. And so I don't even have to right. be a, right. a part of any of right. the, but is there milking going on stuff? too? No, no. The, okay. We just raise Herefords, um, okay. which are mostly beef breed. So. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. But and then, the, but how do you, how are you keeping all the cows away from, um, I mean, they're obviously fenced in, in their own little, um, portion of the land. So they're not, they don't have access to the garden or to, uh, certain times a year we purposely put them in the garden cause we, we cover crop, um, over winter. And so in springtime, so yeah, before we plant, we let the cows in and they 
Um, they graze down the cover crop, which is yeah. good feed for them. And then they also help kind of till in the manure with their hooves. And we let that sit a little while before we plant. So it just, it really nice. helps, um, yeah. with this whole f- integrated farm system, um, using livestock in garden spaces when they're not producing food. Where, where did you guys learn that? Um, that is, so our whole model that we wanted to kind of replicate um for for farming was based off of a gentleman named joel salton and he has polyface farms and we kind of learned he was kind of our our major role model with his farming system and he integrates um, livestock and produce and he does just about everything you can think of that a farm can do and it's just so we're like that's how we want to farm (laughs) So yeah, he is, he's like, uh, he has groupies. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I went he's to one of his deal. events. Where was it? I'm trying to think it was in the area. It was a couple years ago. Oh, but where is he uh, based? Um, he's, uh, not, not, not here. It's Virginia. Okay. So it's back east, south mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But he has a book, I think. Oh yeah. He's yeah. Got a bunch he's of like books. serious, uh, like the Michael Pollan of farming. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. Did you ever meet him? I have not met him, oh, but someday I hope to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seriously. The um so has your commitment been organic or biodynamic from the beginning? Yes. Um we have not paid for the certifications yet. Right. Um but Yes, our we practice organic all the way and biodynamic when we can. Yeah, we don't awesome. make preps on site, but we had a benefit of Austin being the bio. Right. He made all the preps for Benzinger, and uh-huh. so whenever there was extra, they were like, mm, "Just take them." So yeah, we yeah. put them on our farm. Uh huh. And for so. people that don't know what you're talking about, this is like the teas and all the different yeah. things and the yeah um, compost teas. There's right. like um, barrel compost. There's horn manure kind well, of you things guys were doing that do too you, were you, the horns. you were doing that out at yeah. the garden is there anyone locally that has a demeter certified biodynamic garden um food Be, i mean garden yeah um does mike have it i would Glen say Tucky? the only one that i could think of is mike with glentucky mike benzinger you guys recorded so oh mike benziger's spot yeah. yeah probably yeah other than that i well, and the gardens at um, Benzinger and Imagery right. Wineries, I'm right. pretty sure are certified yeah, probably kept them yeah. that way. And probably uh, Stone Edge Farm. Oh, yeah, up Cavedale. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they uh, probably and, are. And yeah, Leslie. Colby's up there. Okay. Yeah. The um, So how, what year is this in your farming? So this is going to be year six. Year six. Yeah. And are you at the well? Runner- officially, we started in 2015, so 2015. So you're really year four. Six. Yeah, <laughs> but we we started doing a little bit of farming before we actually established um, our business as uh-huh. Be Well Farms. Okay. Before we were just Missy and Austin with a small garden and okay. a few cows and chickens. So. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Do you sell you sell eggs also? We did. We had a pretty well, what I consider large scale for me, um, <laughs> pasture rotated, like, Uh-oh. um, chicken business, but, um, that's something we weren't able to continue after the fire. It was right. just, we yeah. Yeah. yeah, a lot of different reasons, but 
Yeah, I totally could get that. So in year four or six, whichever way you look at it, are you in the red or the black? Um, I would say that we were, this will be the first year that we're profiting. So, but it's not, it's not like a huge profit. No, but congratulations. I mean, that's huge. We're in the green. You're in the green. Yeah. Yeah. It should be green. Green. Well, okay. Yeah. Maybe I'm being a little... Okay, there's some things like my my labor and time that I haven't, you well, know, calculated into that. So I'm sure if you wanted to work all right. of that in, then I would yeah. say to the black. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, but, small uh, business owners tend happy. to yeah. tend to sort of <laughs> forget about all that time that they've spent. <laughs> yeah, so Exactly. Yeah. But that's awesome though. We um so at the time roughly it's like that we did a grant with you after the fires mm-hmm. to help rebuild though I think you were you know hopefully you did something good with it mm-hmm. but we also did a grant with kitchen table advisors okay. have you heard of them yeah yeah oh my god they're so fantastic yeah. and um we had them on we we recorded that with them a few weeks ago um, but they really spend their time, their whole purpose is to help farmers learn how to make money and how to be sustainable and think about things they might not have thought about. Like one thing that you were saying is that in winter, you know, you're not farming. So how do you make money in the winter? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, not all of our income has come from the farm. Okay. So, um, we work um, and live on the Atwood Ranch, so we have a salary coming in off oh, of that. Perfect. And then we do some um, contract grazing for the Hamel um, Vineyards um, okay. as well that's paid. And then little odds and, odds and ends, um, you know, we... consulting kind of stuff for, like, the Beltane Garden. Um, stuff like yeah, that. can we break that down? So for Atwood, what exactly are you guys doing? So we um, are kind of like farm managers there. So um, we pretty much just help with the whole caretaking of the property and the land. Um, it, I mean, it's a little bit of everything, I would say, to now be how honest. How many it's acres do they have? Oh, 70 acres. Holy. Yeah, there's so. a pond. Oh, it's a beautiful yeah. property. They've go got... fishing? Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, we like spending time up there, but... Wait, how much is planted um, of that 70 acres? So 20 acres of it are in um, Cabernet Sauvignon grapes. Right. Um, and then only about a half acre of vegetables that we farm. And then there's like fruit trees and stuff throughout the property, just integrated with the, the whole landscaping. Uh-huh. And then um, they also have, and we also do graze our cattle, um, you know, through their property as well. Will you bring them over so. for like a play date and let them wander <laughs> around? <laughs> well, we do the whole, um, the whole like electric fence thing. So we keep them like kind of mob grazing so they're in tighter areas for shorter times so uh-huh. we can really manage the grasses better right um and so just the management moving the fences and the cows pretty much every day or every two days it, it's a it's a it's a lot of work it keeps us so, busy yeah, over yeah. winter and then also just keeping the whole place like we've been working a lot on clearing brush and um trying to make the whole thing more fire safe um you right. know taking that whole middle fuel layer Fuel load reduction is what we call it. <laughs> Fuel load, load reduction. reduction. Yeah. Wow. How do you do that? 
Um, a lot of it with um, the animals, yeah. managing animals on the land, but a lot of it um, is good old labor. So right. <laughs> chainsaws and... Um, Just kind of creating a circle and, around everything. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah. and they're amazing role models as far as like land management goes. Like everything is like beautiful out there yeah. so it's like you know a tree fall or a leaf falls and you're right like, <laughs> but it's really um nice to see people like who really care about taking care of their land and yeah. getting to actually help out with that and where is all the vegetables or produce that's coming off of that garden where is it going um so that is um something they allow Austin and I to just do there and so that we're you able sell to sell it, it that's great. um as you know uh, one of the Be Well Farms products yeah so. awesome and just at farmer's market or are you selling to restaurants as well um a couple restaurants so during our um the, the I would say the majority of our season we sold to Sunflower Cafe in Sonoma and um Tips Roadside in Kenwood and those have been our twoest two largest um <clears throat> kind of consistent restaurants we work with. And then we started a CSA program this year. So a lot of the veggies go to that. And we I kept need it. to sign up next year, seriously, from the very beginning. <laughs> we do it. Yeah, um, for the whole season. Yeah, July through the end of the month. Yeah. So it's just a summer thing. And huh. we kept it small this year because, um, you know, learning and logistics, trying to work it all out, make sure we were producing enough food to support right. it. So... We cut it off at 20 members this year. Okay. But there was a lot of people once they found out that wanted to join and were like, <laughs> we can't this year. I'm sorry. But, but will you grow next year? We're planning on it. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, lots to plan for to figure yeah. out next year. But definitely so then, that was a good thing. And then we do one farmer's market as well. That's a Friday. Yep. yep. Friday. And then what are you doing at Hamill? At Hamill, um, we, they have um, a kind of a farm to table program so they have a chef who works there to feed their staff at least three times a week and then they wow. also do food pairings um and some farm to table dinner kind of events and so they have um a garden that we we manage and we farm um does he tell you what he wants planted or you just do um, it he uses it so it was a new thing we started this year and actually their person ended up leaving and it wasn't until july when we got asked to do it and so it's kind of behind the curve with the whole right. starting of the garden yeah but yeah. so it was kind of just like we this year we we're working with things that were already there and then also as we'd free up beds, we would just plant like lettuce and tatsu and things that we were already kind of had starts going for the farm that we we're right. like, here, you, you know. But are you doing it right outside the kitchen door or is there another spot on there's Hamel? That, that little square and then there's right. another spot um, kind of down by, there's like a, a the house, house and then you keep going yeah. <laughs> and then there's like a little farm okay, down, or not it. a farm, a little garden down yeah, there too. Okay. So. Yeah, I know where that is. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and then we feed all the food scraps to their goats. Right. They, goats <laughs> they have animals too. They still have chickens. Yeah. And yeah. then we also run their, um, not, I won't say run their biodynamic program, but we are the prep makers okay. over there. So. Of their oh, stuff. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So that's a big okay. part of the role. Phil, in Phil the Katori does their vineyards. Did. Did? Did. I does don't know that do. he does anymore. 
Okay. I think as of 2013, oh, 2014, something like that. that. As far as I know. Okay, interesting. Yeah. It was pretty cool with Hamill um, last winter. We did an experiment in their at their vineyards up on Nelligan Road, and they asked us to put the cattle in the vineyard while the vines were dormant which is something you see sheep doing, but not really cows doing. Uh And, but they were like, Hey, why not? Let's check it out. So they don't have to mow and everything. And so, um, we put the cows in there and it was amazing. Like they, there wasn't one, um, vine they broke or irrigation broken or anything. So it was pretty, pretty cool to see that that does work. Uh-huh, <laughs> it's like now there's a lot more opportunities. Yeah, essentially, exactly. So. Red, red out instead of just woolly weeders. Yeah. yeah that's interesting <laughs> that you don't have to have the little guys come through. Cause th- that's interesting that you can use cows. Yeah. 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 We were all kind of like, I don't know about this, but yeah. <laughs> right. let's just try. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Good. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And so now where, uh, so, so that's it. Hamill and then at Atwood. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then and their then, farm and then your right. farm mm-hmm. and and that's it or no there's a couple little that's it for now okay. yeah okay. yeah so right after the fire in 2017 austin left his job at benzinger because we decided if we're rebuilding the farm that we need full focus you know um so he he came to help me out and we oh. put things back together <laughs> little yeah. by little so so, Still working on that. <laughs> when did you find out about the fires? Like, were you you were staying in the studio? Were you living in the studio then when yeah. the fires happened? Yeah, and we were right you next. Got evacuated. Yeah, we were right next door to um, Michelle Gordenker and her husband Tom. And Tom actually was the one who came and knocked on our door and told us there's a fire coming our way and we needed to leave. And it was like 1130 at night. Yeah. And we're all pretty positive that it wasn't more than an, an hour or two before the whole thing was gone. So, wow. yeah, that it was, was good. good we timing. got out in time. And seriously, um, what, did, what did you grab? Um, I grabbed my dog, my laptop and a few important documents in my the hard drive of my wedding video oh. and yeah. my wedding ring. Cause I don't, I just wear this little one. Um, <laughs> and then yeah, just not important stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was just, my daughter was just talking about that this morning. She, daddy, if we had evacuate, what would what, you take? Yeah. And I was naming a couple things and she said, what about the cats and the rabbit? I said, of course we're going to take the cats and the yeah, rabbit. You're not that. doing good with that rabbit. <sighs> what do you mean? Any, well, you lost the rabbit. Yeah, you're not. I didn't lose it. It just got out. Sometimes <laughs> rabbits escape. Yeah. <clears throat> we have the best they rabbit, escape. though, Toby. I, I don't have any experience with rabbits. My daughter's in 4-H, and uh-huh. so she's done beekeeping and nice. taking care of the rabbits, and she's going to show him at the fair coming up. Cool. But I just thought they would just sit there. But he's actually really cool. He's got He's bouncy and fun, What's and he's got person named? Toby. Is he one of those big ones? He's pretty big, oh, and he's... They have a name for them when they're not like all one color that, that I always thought was weird. Like they, uh-huh. you think when they're talking about them, they're talking about that they're like a misfit or something, but it's just <laughs> that they, they have spots. Right. But for showing them, they have to have certain, 
it, you can either have spots or certain spots or certain breeds or whatever, but she has one that she can show, but nice. he's, he's super funny and he'll like walk on his back legs and <laughs> yeah, cool. he's really cute. That's very funny. So what else, what did she, did she have a doll or something she wanted to take? Um, no, she was just concerned about the animals, I guess. I Maybe, that. I don't know if she had seen something where people had left their animals or right. I know that she was supposed to volunteer, um, last Saturday at the Santa Rosa fairgrounds for something through for 4-H, but they ended up not being able to do it because I think right. they were using it as an animal rescue right. center. So people were yep. bringing their horses and cows and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think that kind of, maybe that planted yeah. a seed in her brain and she was thinking, okay, what happens? If, yeah. yeah, It's interesting how this whole thing affects the kids. Oh yeah, yeah seriously. Uh, we're going to see how trick-or-treating goes this year because we actually have power. We're in this little pocket of Rohnert Park that has power um, and then everyone around us is, it's weird driving home at night. Do they say when they're getting it back? Maybe Who tomorrow. knows? This whole yeah. thing is such a, you know. Have, do you have power <clears throat> right no. now? It's You're, been a week it's yeah. been today. A week. Yeah. yeah. Cafe's been down since Saturday. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, for those, for those listening that are just tuning in, um, we have been experiencing Sonoma County wildfires, uh, bringing back lots of crazy moments from 2017 when we yeah. had the first round of fires that at least from when I lived here. And so it's a little different this time. I mean, with, um, PG and E doing, you know, the power outages where they're just deciding to turn the power off, um, trying to, make sure that there's no equipment failures. And then the fires that broke out up in uh, Geyserville area and our wind conditions have been really bad. And But I was very relieved today to read that the fires are at 30% containment, which yeah. even though they grew um, a little bit overnight, they still really made a lot of progress. So that's huge. A lot of people are evacuated, a lot of people without power. And uh, I think yeah, we it's, have, um, it's funny serving people in the hotel at the are Fairmont. Are they mostly evacuees? Well, you have a lot of locals that don't have hot water. Mm. Oh. And so they say, we can deal with no power, we can deal with no television, no Wi-Fi, but mostly the wives are telling me they want to um, shower they're like so after far. two days of no yeah. hot water we're done so they yeah. basically tell their husband we're checking into the fairmont yeah. and so they come in for dinner every night nice. they're just hanging out at the oh. hotel mm -hmm. see that would be a really cool promotion though to for the hotel to open up the spa for locals to come take showers yeah that'd be so really you don't great. have to commit oh, to the whole thing mm -hmm. but have like the community a cleansing bath mm -hmm. so you have your basic necessities but you need a shower no that would be great my mom was at my house yesterday taking yeah. a shower mm -hmm. yeah i think that i think would she be has really a tankless water awesome. heater she hasn't had power and so she right. she said can i come over and take a shower yeah, <laughs> yeah tell michelle michelle if you're listening that's <laughs> for you <laughs> oh michelle heston shout out yeah 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 um so did you when you replanted did you take the fires in consideration and do anything different um, because there's a lot of stories that you know Sonoma County has had a good amount of fires over the last couple hundred years mm -hmm. but we keep rebuilding in the same places yeah. we keep redoing yeah. so 
I mean, I don't know if we're thinking that it's the last fire, it'll never happen again, or it's already burned, it can't burn again. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Are Is there anything different? Um, well, I, I think a, a lot of it has to do with just like the land management in general. And if people are going to do their part to clean up what they can. I mean, I know it's hard. It's not going to like necessarily stop a wildfire but if it certainly can help protect structures and um, infrastructure farms and stuff in general if you don't have you know all sorts of fuel around your wooden fence posts and stuff that you absolutely need in order to have a functioning like farm so um, our garden was pretty much more of like a fire break because we do till and everything and so a lot of it was dirt and it's irrigated and so um the fire didn't actually burn in our garden so we were able to use it did burn all the fences around the garden so that poses an (laughs) issue with deer and whatnot um which we are still facing unfortunately on that plot but um but we were able to you know when we were rerunning water throughout the ranch, we were able to put, you know, water storage tanks more strategic places and right. also um, rebuild the fence lines um, so where they all kind of function together, where gates would open across from each other so you can move things quicker right. and make the gates a lot wider so you can access them with vehicles and trailers right. and stuff versus just a man gate, right. you know? Yeah. So no, we definitely huge. took a lot of... Um, things into consideration as we were re resetting things up so yeah yeah can we talk about theft or stealing or out of your or gleaning i know i'm curious about because i hear this from um you know people that have vineyards but like what percentage do you think of your vegetables get stolen every year by either gophers or deer or turkeys or whatever it is yeah a lot. It's hard to place a, a percentage on it, but it's it sure is a lot. Okay, they're not stealing. They don't know the difference between... You're right. Thank you. You're right. They don't know. As far as they, they know, don't know, you put that there for them. We, exactly. We joke about that we're a gopher farm or something yeah, like exactly. that. But, um, but in reality, like that's their home and we're in their space. And there's... I mean, it, it would be insane to try to capture as many of them as are out there kill them all or something and it just doesn't we'd rather take the approach of working with nature and if that means we need to start another tray an entire tray of plants and just Just for them just kind of plan for the loss (laughs) just i would say we plan for 25 percent loss wow it's a big deal like every single row you walk down you'll notice like everything's fine beautiful and then there's like four or five plants missing and you're like you're like really <laughs> and but what about owl boxes do you put do you have owls we, out there we do have yeah. owl boxes up on the um there are old ones out there when we moved on to gourd anchor so i'm not sure if those are populated or whatnot but mm. they're around um and then on atwood where we farm there's it's very well set up for the whole integrated pest management system oh, nice. to really thrive. There's uh, probably upwards of 50 like uh, bird boxes and owl wow. boxes out there. We installed 
six of them this year and six raptor perches this year nice because the raptors really help with the, the critters yeah. as yeah. well yeah um and then yeah other than that it's just deer and turkeys that you know are kind of harder to right. fend off um right. Because Are, you don't want deer fence like everywhere. It's not very right. attractive. No. So. Uh-uh. And they <laughs> so. need to eat too a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, so we, I take it you're not a vegetarian. I am not. You're not. No. Austin's not a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. We do she, support a heavily plant-based diet, um, right. but we don't, <laughs> you know, call ourselves vegetarian. Right. So. And are you guys making any products from the things that you're growing or are you just selling produce? I would love to make any and as much things as I possibly can. Um, but because I, you know, can only, I feel like do so much cause it's, it's mostly Austin and I doing like everything. So right. I feel like it's, I just don't have enough, anything else, any more time in the day. Yeah. Um, but last year I did start making jams and preserves. Um, and that went, really good except for we were moving and stuff and with the whole cottage food license it was kind of a tricky thing to navigate um and so I decided not to this year too because it did take a lot of time and we just needed to focus on some new things we were starting like the CSA program this year and stuff so I just took a break off that but I do hope to be able to do that kind of stuff again in the future um yeah, because legally, but, what is what is the process that you have to go through to be able to make jelly or jam and then sell it at the farmer's market? And even if you do, can you sell it at the same table as your produce? Um, nobody's told us we couldn't yet, but... Okay. <laughs> but um, uh, do you think you can't? For some reason, I thought that, if, like, we've had this conversation before that, like, prepared products are different than than just produce and that some people had to have, like, two stands out of at the yeah, farmer's market you're supposed to, do, to but yeah. there's a there's a few little loopholes like if you grew the produce that made that product like uh, okay you know of course there's other ingredients sugar vinegar whatever right. that goes into Actin, things yeah, but whatever. um but we have you know all the product was coming from our farm and um, I asked the guy if I needed a separate stand. He said you're supposed to, but he said also it would not, that wouldn't make any sense right. for you to have two not stands and it's coming from the yeah, same farm. Exactly. Like, so he was, he said, just put it on a different like area. Table. I'm like, I'm going to yeah. have a separate team. Yeah. So wow. I just put it by the register. So weird. <laughs> no, that's great. Someone running a farmer's market with common sense. That's and awesome. And not one inspector yeah. said anything about it. Right. They only okay. checked the label to make sure the labeling was proper. I had the ingredients listed the day it was made and um, my uh, license, uh, cottage food license number on it. And they were mm. happy with that. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's still, and you're under the threshold of having to put nutritional facts on the label. Um, for cottage foods, you don't. You don't but have if you're, to. if you I have your food why. processor's license, yeah. which is like the next step up, and also like, um, like canning, like anything with tomatoes or peppers or high acid foods, right. you have to get the processor's license, right. and then you do have to list all that. So, yeah. but yeah. And then when did you guys decide you wanted to put in pumpkins and do a pumpkin patch? Um, last year was our first year doing the pumpkin patch. Um, and we really enjoyed doing that. It was really fun and a good way to bring the community to the farm. 
yeah. um, and provide something fun. In, and are they easy to grow? They aren't that bad. Yeah, you just got to give them lots of water, fertilize them, and rotate them a few times. And I would say it's one of our easiest crops because okay. it produces a lot and... You also get squash blossoms off of this, another yeah, product chef want. Yep. And um, the bees absolutely loved it. Uh-huh. And um, and yeah, it's just, it's less work. Like you put them in and then you just... Wait. Yeah, you wait. Yeah. <laughs> and do you try and grow some. like some enormous ones or are you just stick into ones that people can take home and carve? Um, We... Out at our um, garden in Shellville, we were able to produce some pretty big ones um, this year. Um, we didn't really go for any like specific like giant types. We just ended up with some that were really big. But um, but I think you know it would be cool to definitely do some of the giant pumpkins in the future because the more you can add to the attraction, right, the better. Right. And people love it's a good photo those. op with the yeah. big pumpkin, whatever. Yeah, they're just hard to move. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of. Yeah. Well, that's the thing with that's our pumpkins is we have them. And so like, I'm supposed to soak the ground. Like my wife is like, yeah, soak the pumpkins. But then, but then the pumpkins are like sitting in mud. So yeah, then, then I'm worried they're going to rot. rot. And so then the I'm bottom. thinking, should I get a, like a pallet? Have... And cause the, the vines are incredibly long. Like you can mm-hmm. have a pumpkin like 20 feet away. That's actually, it's getting water from something way over there. Yeah. So I was thinking like, can I just like put it on like a piece of wood or something? I don't know. I was trying to figure out yeah how to how to just not have rotten bottoms on yeah, my yeah, pumpkins a little piece of plywood or something would work i'm sure okay <laughs> what's um, the favorite thing that you grow um i really like our heirloom cherry tomatoes we do like a, a mix of them so okay. we do um my absolute favorite ones are pink tiger Ah. They're like pointy little cherry tomatoes uh-huh. um and we also do uh, green tiger and then we do purple bumblebee and sunrise bumblebee and then we do just a yellow type it's esterina and whatever good producing red type we'll throw Uh into but um it's just a really beautiful mix um no matter what you put it in it's just and they're high labor though they are i know that's that is a downside to the cherry tomatoes but they're also high dollars so (laughs) why are they high labor Because it takes so long to pick them. Like to pick one little basket that you would buy for $5, maybe $4. um, It takes like, you know, half hour. Yeah, because they're not all ripe. You can't pick unripe tomatoes. Yeah, Yeah, I had some fool me tomatoes this time. The cherry tomatoes where they look ripe from one side. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you pick them and realize the other side is not ripe at all. And so you're like, oh, you got to like turn them around. So yeah, I guess you're right. I can see what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah. And those end up in a restaurant or those end up getting sold at the farmer's market? Mostly the farmer's market. Those are one mm. of the the hot commodity items. Okay. And that and shishito peppers, I would say, oh, are right. two like Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> Just in the last couple of years, though. Yeah, They've I really know. become a commodity. But it's, ta- yeah. it's ease of use, too. Like mm-hmm. tomatoes, of course, cherry tomatoes especially, you just pop in your mouth. Yeah. Right. Like a lot of people get confused. Like they'll see broccolini or like cauliflower and they're like, okay, how am I going to cook this? But like cherry tomatoes, no problem. Yeah. Um, zucchini, you're like, okay, how am I going to attack this? Ratatouille. Yeah. Um, Right. And that's what I, that's what I would do. Every time yeah. we'd have a garden, you have like, a, you're like, we have too much squash, too much tomatoes, yes. too much eggplant. So you're like, oh, yeah. oh, let's exactly. get an onion and get a big pot and make this happen. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. 
So can you see yourself doing this for the next 20 years? I would like to change um, a few things about it as we move forward. We're learning certain crops that, you know, we don't like working with as much as others. Like, and like what? Like, you know, zucchini or okay. something. It's just, Is it just too boring? It's. It's something everybody typically uses, so right. I'll give it. I'll give that to it, but okay. um, but it just it takes up a lot of room in the garden, and it's not like it'll produce a lot, but um, the vines I, take up space. Yeah, yeah, and um, and eggplant, like certain. Um, we've tried several varietals of eggplant in the last two years that just nothing out of them all year. So I don't know if I like want to do that right, anymore, right. but, um, or at least not on that scale, like right. maybe, you know, a Smaller little bit about. of it, um, just for one of the restaurants or one CSA thing or something. Right. But, um, I don't need to do everything for every outlet that right. we're growing for. So, right. um, I would like to grow, more intensively in smaller spaces so really utilize the land um like much more like efficiently yeah square inch farming kind of yeah kind of and then also do a lot more like high turnover crops like lettuces and um radishes and sprouts and stuff like that's really i don't know i always got it going you know so yeah um, you're a go-getter i feel like when we started out it was just the main summer crops that you plant once and then you harvest them all season and then it's done and so it's like just learning how to do these other things and more greens really rounding out like what would be in somebody's diet and not just those right those things and then yeah no that's a nice way to think about it yeah so just just kind of changing changing it up a little but going (laughs) and do you hire anybody do you no, we have it's a, just the two of you. It's for the most part the two of us. We do have a handful of really great friends who oh. consistently like volunteer with us, and oh, that has made a huge difference nice. um, to us. Um, I would get, never, get a couple shout outs. But, some, yeah, some yeah Courtney yeah. and Preston and Susan there oh. and Erica. Oh, <laughs> I would never be that good of a friend. Main crew. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. And, you know, everything from social media to pulling weeds, so they'll they'll do it. So it's really nice to have people to, um, you know, I do got to work around their schedules and stuff. But, it's you know, it's nice to have extra hands and not all the other part of employment. (laughs) And so people can come to right now. Obviously, you have the pumpkin farm going on, but Mm -hmm. but generally throughout the year, throughout spring and summer, people Mm -hmm. can actually stop by. Yeah. At uh, Be Well and 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 stop by and buy produce from you. Yes. Yeah, so this year, um, partially due to starting the CSA program and needing a pickup spot, but we also opened the farm stand for, during the hours of the CSA pickup. So Thursdays from three to six, we had a farm stand out by the garden. Um, people could come and buy stuff there. Um, and maybe next year we'll be able to expand that a little more. We just picked that those hours because that's when it worked for us. Right. But, but well, you know, there, it could have you're, been. You're harvesting for Friday's market, right? Oh, everything. So you're, so you're there. Is very on a tight schedule with our whole week because we haven't invested in like cold storage. And so it's literally picked Thursday 
packed for a CSA and, you know, for the farm stand. And then the next morning goes to market and then goes to restaurants from there right. and then we'll wrap it all up for like, <laughs> yeah. and we do it all again the next week. And then on mm. the other days, it's like work at Atwood, Monday, Tuesday, work at Hamill okay. Wednesday. Oh. So it's like, so it really, got it down. yeah, but it's the seven days a week. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But yeah, we hope to have it open and do more, always grow it grow everything as we move into the future yeah the problem is you always have to have you have to have someone there to do the exchange is that you yes. can't just see in um i lived in hawaii for a little while and they would have little stands on the side of the road and there was no one there it was on, just a little farms. Yeah, farms yeah it would just be a little box and it would say pay whatever you think is fair but yeah. i don't know if yeah. that well works. i think the patch does that yeah do they do several, that yeah, yeah a, several, yeah. a lot of farm stands do and i understand why it's when you're out in the field you know picking things all day like Can't last thing you want to do is sit there and wait, wait and see if people will come right, <laughs> you know right. it's like it's so i don't and know hopefully the most people that actually come to a farm stand Ex- want get to it yeah, and they, they want to pay and they want to support the yeah. farmer right. also where our garden is it is not like you really have to drive pretty deep into the ranch to like get there and so it's not really a well-known thing either mm-hmm. so um, I'm sure we can, you know, up our customers at that with a little advertising or right. something. But this year right. we we just didn't because we were yeah. like, well, if we sell it all Thursday night, we're not going to have anything for market or for right. the restaurants. Exactly. So we were like, we'll just be open, just but kind of keep it low balance. key. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's fabulous. <laughs> I'm so thrilled for you guys. Thank you. It's really cool. Because this is what we talk about, actually. I mean, we yeah. have different guests on the show and this is what we need how you're talking about how you have a little garden here a little garden here a little garden here this is this is what we need to turn this whole thing around if we if if you want to be serious about it mm-hmm. if people want to eat organic food and they want to do it in a community like this mm-hmm. you, this is the model that is gonna have to grow yeah right yeah, i mean and that's why people like kitchen table advisors were so great because they're actually just, all they want to do is help. Yeah. Right. There's a nonprofit that comes and says, we'll work with you for three years yeah. and we'll help you in any way, shape or form. If that just yeah. means sitting here at your kitchen table, helping you fill out Spread papers sheets. or if that means yeah, land yeah. leases. Yeah, right. Get in touch with these people. And the, I hope. I think that would be yeah, great. I it do would, too. I they're so sweet and they, they just want to talk to you and find out what do you need? It's basically, how can we support you? Yeah. Yeah. Which that, how many times you get people that ask you that? Oh, that's so yeah. great to know that they're, <laughs> they're there, you know, to, yeah. just to do that. And they don't want, they don't want any money from you. They just want to help you succeed because they believe in what you're doing. Wow. And you're right. in the zone because it had to be more than three years and less than mm-hmm. ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I'm going to send you an intro. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, this was so fun. You have a website? We do. Yes. And Instagram? Yeah. www.b-wellfarms.com. And you don't have to put the dash in, I can tell you. B-E-E-Dash. Yeah. If you just well. put in B Well Farm, it will it, it will help you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You don't have to put the, the hashtag in or whatever. It'll okay. it'll take you to it anyway. And okay. then you guys have a Facebook presence as yes, well. Facebook and then and Instagram. Um, yeah. And I cut it off at that because I'm not social <laughs> media. You're not tweeting from the garden. I'm not a tweeter. <laughs> you got enough tweets. You got enough birds out there tweeting Seriously. at you. Yeah. Yes. I'm like very fun. Quiet when I'm in the garden. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. 
Well, if you want to reach out to these guys, if you live locally here and you want to stop by on Thursdays, you can have a little bit, but you can't have a little a lot because they've got to, <laughs> right. they've got to go to the market the on day. Friday. Yeah. Right. How, how long will you do that, actually? Um, it's done for the season You're okay. done. right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so uh we'll start, start it up in the spring like and april may yeah and we'll try to do a little bit more produce um this coming spring um before we focus a lot on growing nursery stock plants for people to buy for right. their own gardens right um, <laughs> oh, and that's cool. actually been something i really enjoy doing as well so i might expand that at the same time we'll see right. what i can do but uh-huh. um so, yeah, come springtime. I don't have an exact date. Just All keep right. an eye out for us. We'll be back. <laughs> and if people want to get on this list mm-hmm. for a CSA, right, mm-hmm. how can they do this? Um, we will start promoting that through our website and social media with links to sign up there. Um, always to message me directly. <laughs> I like how would one-on-one they do that? stuff. So. The CFB well? Go to, uh, uh, on the website, there's a, Gmail or, there's a contact on the first page. I think if you go to about, there's a little story. And then at the bottom is a contact where you can put in yeah. your name and they'll send it. I think it goes to you. Yeah. And also yeah. if you scroll to the bottom of our homepage on the website, we have, um, you could sign up for a mailing list and then you'll get information sent to you about, okay. you know, the whole program when that starts. Nice. So we we do a monthly cool. newsletter to people who subscribe. So just nice. keep them posted on what's what's yeah. going on. <laughs> right on. So. And so now, um, what are you doing with the rest of your day? Are you going back to the uh, pumpkin patch? Yep, moving animals okay. around and mm-hmm. cleaning up um, some stuff. So the pumpkin patch got pretty destroyed in the last big windstorm, oh, and we had wow. a bunch of cute decorations and oh. photo op areas, and everything was just completely blown around. So we decided, hey, we're only we were going to be open Wednesday, Thursday this week, but to p- put it all back together for two four days right. is kind of like, well, let's just start cleaning it up. We're still allowing people to come out and buy pumpkins. Right. Um, right now we have. I think less than 70 left. Okay. So that's great. <laughs> so it's been a yeah. really good um, season for that. Yeah. Um, and we really appreciate all the people who have come out oh, and supported us. Nice. It's been absolutely huge. And we, we were very yeah. thankful. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Um, awesome. Yeah. So all right. start all right. again next year. <laughs> great. Yeah. Great and guy. what do you do? It's just curious. What do you do between now and then as far as, are you putting like legumes in the... Well, yeah, we'll definitely cover crop the gardens. We'll probably keep the garden, the little half acre one at Atwood. We'll keep that going with lettuces and onions and leeks okay. and garlic and stuff um, and some brassicas. But we'll cover crop the other ones. And then once it starts raining and we get grass, we really focus all winter and spring on the whole grazing management at all the different properties so nice um, so you spend some time in the rain during the winter? oh my gosh i'm always on the rain wow. yeah okay. <laughs> muck boots i like live in my muck boots all winter uh, so. wow that's great yeah yeah and then a lot of you know clearing brush and burn piles and that kind of stuff too just to help get the land so cleaned hardcore. up while, while we can so. right it's awesome. It's, awesome. it's totally it's awesome. awesome that there's people I'm like this so, in the world yeah. because I mean, so what envious. would you yeah. and I be out there? No. Right. No. <laughs> well, next so. time it's pouring rain. We'll be like, God, it's so nice inside drinking yeah. my hot go-go. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm the person in the lodge at the ski. The ski lodge drinking yeah. the brandy. Everyone yeah, else exactly. is skiing. Yeah. Skiing. It's too cold yeah, out there. Exactly. I'm not getting Austin wet. And I, we look at each other sometimes. And we're like, we're we're crazy, aren't we? <laughs> like, yeah. 
But there's also so many beautiful moments that like nobody else gets to experience because you just put yourself out there in it and then just some amazing things like... Okay, we if people want to see some of those beautiful moments, do you yes. post some of this on your Instagram? I I do um, sometimes. Instagram's uh, new for me, so <laughs> one of my friends who I shout out earlier, Erica, she's been helping me a lot with um, Instagram and doing a lot of posts for Facebook too. Very so, cool. but okay. I'll send her pictures and she'll post. Them. And is it for the Instagram? <laughs> is it at be well? Yeah. Okay, at, and is it at be hyphen well? Um, no, can't be. I think it's at Be Well Farms without at, a hyphen. Okay, yeah. at B B E E Well Farms. Yes. Okay, and, and yeah. th- why I love Instagram is so great because then you can set it up so then it just posts directly on your Facebook when you post yes. something on Instagram. Yeah. So it's uh-huh. kind of like double. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you can hopefully post some good pictures on there for us. So no, because when I do doing. post something, she's always like, I'm so proud of you. Did you do that? <laughs> 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 I'm like, I can't believe I've been out of, you know, that whole social media world for this long but yeah but you're a farmer i was like i have to do this for business (laughs) (laughs) all right well thank you for coming today we do appreciate what you're doing thank you guys for having me it's a pleasure to be here you bet and you can always go check out some of our um previous episodes you know of uh we've had some farmers and kitchen table advisors and um um, you can always go to the see what's going on a lot of information there as well as links to uh all of the shows and you can also go to radiomisfits.com um look for the bike goes on also uh the winemakers if you're interested and there's some other uh good shows on there right right I guess. And uh, go to Bite Talk on Instagram and you will get to see our new backdrop. That, yes. Uh, that I'm sure there'll be post, some, some yeah. posts out there. So yeah. thank you for listening. We'll look forward to talking to you next week and hopefully um, uh, everything will be normal around here yeah. if possible. The new normal. It'll the be the new, new normal. normal. All right. We'll be talking to you soon. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.